Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So God knew that these Roman guards would never go to hear the gospel. They would never go to see Paul. So what does God do? He brings Paul to them. Perfect. Was there fruit? Almost all the palace guard got saved. It went everywhere. That's what happens. And so we see the very heart of God. God is always making the first move. God loves lost people. One thing that people tend to underestimate is how much God actually loves them. We hear about Jesus' sacrifice and brutal death and kind of understand how that was a significant thing for him to do. It seems that we don't really believe that God is concerned about the minutia of our lives. Pastor Mark reminds those of us who have become followers of Christ that we can look back on our lives and see instances where someone was in the right place at the right time and who pointed us toward Jesus instead of our going the other way. God indeed loves us so much. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 1 with part 3 of his message, Life Happens. Let's say you're going to play some of these amazing tennis pros. And it's a twosome on that side and twosome on this side. And they put these amazing guys over there, or gals, depending on which one you are. And here you are on this side. And you wonder who in the world is going to come in. There's no way. This is not going to happen. Jesus Christ walks in. How you doing, Bomber? I'm ready. You ready? Now, any, any doubt about the outcome? Because I'm there. No. Is there, seriously, any doubt about the outcome? Does it matter who's on the other side? It don't matter. Why? Because God is for me. It doesn't matter who or what is on the other side. Because God is for you. Now, you either have to believe it. Or not. That's my part. Paul said, Satan's going to be against you. All kinds of people are going to be against you. A million circumstances are going to be against us. But it doesn't matter. Because God is for us. Here's our first smiley. Write this down. Life happens. But God is for us. Enjoy. 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 Life happens, but God is for us. He loves us. He's at work in us. 
He's for me. It simply doesn't get any better than that. Now, we told you when you see a smiley, how many see a smiley? You see a smiley. When you see a smiley, you got to what? You got to smile. You got to show your teeth. Go ahead and do it. Okay. And then you have to turn to your neighbor with a smile and say, joy. Go for it right now. Go ahead. Joy. Good. Now, I have a caveat for you. There is a limitation to what I just told you. Pastor Mark, it was so good. What do you mean? There's a limitation. Verse 28 gives us a limitation. This promise that God is for us is only for those who, look at it, who love God. You see, this amazing truth that God is for us is only for those who are Christ followers. You have God in your heart. You have a relationship with him. Jesus Christ has saved you. Now, see, if you're not a believer today, you don't have anybody on your side. You're doing life alone. And all of these same things happen to you just like they happen to us. But you have not a God who's for you. That's not God's fault. That's your fault. You've chosen to do life alone. Today, at the end of the service, we want that to change. You see, God's will for you is to become a Christ follower so he can live in you and change you and make you like Jesus. That was the design from day one. Make sure you come to Christ. So Paul wrote these amazing truths while he was in jail with the guards 24-7. It became outrageous and contagious joy in these prison circumstances. And it happened because of two other simple truths that you have to know today. Write this one down. Joy is a choice. Joy is a choice. Paul says in Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And by the way, I'll say it again. Rejoice. See, that's a command. That's a command. It's a command from Paul to the Philippians to choose to be filled with joy. Even though we know that God is for us, we can choose not to believe it and allow the circumstances to make us discouraged and defeated. Joy is simply a choice that we can make because it's a fruit of the Spirit. God lives in us. He lives in your life today. He lives in my life today. And I can choose to find joy regardless of where you are right now. Now, at the end of that, there was another smiley. So what do we do when we see a smiley? Oh, Pastor Mark. Come on. Just go for it right now. Go for it right now. Now, I want you to do it different. I want you to turn around and smile at somebody behind you. Not the same person. Somebody behind you. That's it. That's good. Praise God. Now, if you're watching by the Internet, I told you, get a mirror, and you got to smile at yourself. And then just kind of reverse yourself and smile this way. Okay? Good job. Terrific. That's principle number one. Joy is a choice. How I react depends on me. Number two, joy is all about attitude. It's all about attitude. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as he thinks in his heart, so is he. You see, it's all about the battle in my mind. It's about 
an attitude, a positive attitude, to choose to live above the circumstances. And I'm going to read to you in a moment from Chuck Swindoll about attitude. But before I do, do you notice anything at the end of the... Now, I already know what's happening to some of you. You already have an attitude. No way I'm turning to somebody else again, Balmer, and smiling. Joy is a choice. You're in church. Look for somebody else this time in front of you. Go for it. Right now, come on, smile, say it. Joy. Joy. Hallelujah. Listen to Chuck Swindoll. Chuck Swindoll says this. The longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. It's more important than the past, than education, than money, than circumstances, than failures, than successes, than what other people think or say or do. It's more important than appearance, giftedness, or skill. The remarkable thing is we have a choice every day of our lives regarding the attitude we embrace for that day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people will act in a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. can't change life. The only thing we can do is to play the one string we have, and that's our attitude. I'm convinced, listen, I'm convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it. And so it is with you. We are in charge of our attitudes. So take charge of your own mind. So why can I have joy today? Here it is. Write it down. We can choose joy because God is for us. We can choose joy because God is for us. Now, most of us would have joy if we could do what I just did. Find the key and remove the difficult circumstances. God does that very often in our life. But sometimes God doesn't do it. So it doesn't matter whether it's on or off. That's the circumstances. Joy is a choice, and it's an attitude. And I can have joy because I know that whatever is happening, God's working it for my good. He's making me more like him. Now, to be honest, sometimes I just soon be less like him. Don't laugh. You're the same, aren't you? But the good is really to become like him. That's what we were destined to do. So he's at work in you today. That's what he's doing in your life. Now I want you to learn four keys from the Apostle Paul in this teaching. So let's go back, if you will, to Philippians chapter 1. By the way, one of the gals, teenagers, gave me this crazy wild bands or whatever they call them. What do they call? Silly bands. And this is a, I think somewhere in here, supposed to be a, a fruit, like a fruit tree. I don't know. It's a silly band, I guess. 
It looked like a grape earlier. Oh, there it is right there. See there? It's fruit. There's fruit in my life. That's a good thing. Now, Paul was able to bear fruit regardless of the circumstance. How did that happen? Four keys. I want you to write them today. Verse 12. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. Now, remember, Paul couldn't travel. He couldn't start new churches. He couldn't go to a new town. And yet, while he's chained in prison, he's able to to, to really expand the kingdom of God. Expanding the kingdom of God is just more believers coming to Christ. Well, how in the world did he do it? Number one, and this is for us as well. A positive attitude helps us see God or new God opportunities. See, when I stop looking at my circumstances and start looking at God, all of a sudden, there's an open door. Paul knew that God was for him. He doesn't see the jail as restrictive. He doesn't feel chained, but he's free to be like Jesus. You see, God wastes nothing in our lives. God never wastes time. God didn't put Paul there and say, okay, Paul, in two years, we'll bridge you free. Between now and then, there's nothing I can do through you or to you. No, not at all. So wherever you're at today, look for God opportunities right in your current circumstance. Wherever you are, start looking for them. That's what Paul did. Now look at verse 13. As a result of being positive, positive attitude, joy, as a result, it has become clear that throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains, notice, for Christ. While chained, we already talked about that, Paul had contact with lost Roman soldiers every day, at least four times a day, maybe six. They were chained to him for four hours. They would hear Paul pray. They would hear him share. They would watch him write letters. They would see him talk to other believers. All of these things done with a joyful attitude. No complaining. No critical spirit. How do you think that would go? Well, just think about it. You're the guy on the other end of the chain. Paul's here. You come on and you put the chain on. Paul says, what's your name? My name's John. Hey, John, how are you, man? God loves you. How's your wife? Kids. Oh, you don't know Jesus Christ? Let me tell you about him. And he begins sharing. And he says, you know what? God just bless John today. Bring him to salvation. Bless his family. Now, this is a Roman guard. He doesn't know anything. Where's he going? He's stuck. You talk about a captive audience. Hallelujah. I mean, this guy stuck for four hours. For four hours. Paul's going for it the whole time. See, you're captive right now. Praise God. You don't say, I'm not going to leave any time I want. No, the doors are locked right now. I just did that in case. No, I'm just kidding you. Sarah, somebody try and look at this. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I'll pay you later. Thank you so much. But see, Paul knew. And they could see that Paul was real. They'd never seen another prisoner like it. So what is the result of this? 
many of them came to Christ. Many of them came to Christ. Why? Not because of a critical negative attitude, because of a positive attitude. And when Paul began to share this, I want to ask you a question. This guy that's over here, this guard, let me ask you, how would he have ever heard about Christ? You think this guard would have walked into one of Paul's Bible studies if Paul was free in the outside in Rome? Not a chance. You think they'd go, hey, I heard the Apostle Paul's got an evangelistic service. I'm going to go to that meeting and see what it's like. Never. So God knew that these Roman guards would never go to hear the gospel. They would never go to see Paul. So what does God do? He brings Paul to him. Perfect. Was there fruit? Almost all the palace guard got saved. It went everywhere. That's what happens. And so we see the very heart of God. God is always making the first move. God loves lost people. Verse 14. Paul goes on, because of my chains, most of my brothers, the other Christians in Rome, in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. John Phillips says, enthusiasm begets enthusiasm and zeal inspires zeal. Here's the second thing to write. Our joyful attitude impacts others. Be infectious. You see, Paul's relentless sharing of the gospel was infectious to the other believers who would walk in and see him. I mean, they're free. They can go anywhere they want in Rome. And they walk and see Paul chained. And Paul has says, you know, this last week, three guards came to Christ. And they're going, uh, I'm free. I can share. I can do whatever. I can go anywhere in Rome. And I haven't even talked to anybody this week about Christ. What did it do to them? It challenged them to get bold. To understand that's why they were there. We're there to bring people to Christ, to be salt and light. And so it began to challenge all these believers on the outside to do what Paul had been doing. To be bold in the witness. Number three, it applies perfectly to us. We are challenged to be bold in our witness for Christ. I hope that you see today that wherever you're at, in whatever kind of circumstances, we are to be sharing the gospel. At the water baptism yesterday, it was amazing to listen to the testimonies. They encouraged me so much. The 150 people, whatever, got baptized. They were sharing how they came to Christ. And here's what we heard over and over and over and over again. My friend invited me to Calvary to hear the gospel. Uh, Another person would say, my relative kept after me, kept after me for like a year to come. And I came. Somebody came to me after the first service this morning and said, a friend at work invited me. And then somebody else next week invited me. And I went, man, this must be God. So I came. This is amazing. You see, that's what I want to encourage you to do. How do people get to our churches? They don't get there by an advertisement. 
They don't get there by some television promotion. They don't get there by a billboard. They get there because you challenge them to come and not see me, but to hear God speak. Because I want to tell you, whoever is here, God is in this place. And they need to know that God is for them. Because they're in the same circumstances that you and I are in. But they have no God. And you cannot do life that way. So Paul encouraged them to quit being timid. Not brash, not weird. But to look for opportunities. So many of you have the red bracelets. If you don't have one, get them. Wear it proudly. Ask for God to open doors for you. Invite people. It's the summer. They'll come. Do all of these things because God wants people to hear the word of God. You see, when the word of God is presented, it never returns void. It's powerful. It changes our lives. And here's the last one for today. We are encouraged to live above our circumstances. Not below them. Not depressed by them. Not discouraged by them. But to live above our circumstances. Sometimes we forget, but biblical history reminds us that Paul wrote this very epistle that we're studying, this letter that we're studying. Paul wrote this and other prison epistles while he was in chains. Think how difficult that would have been physically, emotionally, and spiritually to write what you're reading this morning, chained to a guard 24-7 for two years. But the minute you begin to open that book of Philippians, you see in there an attitude of contagious, outrageous joy. And here we are this morning, 2,000 years later, and we see what Paul's writing, and it encourages us to simply do this. Quit making Excuses for your attitude. You and I have no right to be mad at God. He's at work in you. He's working all things together for good. It doesn't matter your circumstance. You're in the best circumstances today. Enjoy. Because difficult times are coming. I don't say that to like, what? It's real. Life happens. How am I going to do it? I want to do it joyously. I want to do it with an attitude of gratitude to God. Like Paul, you can have joy in the midst of your prison today. You can. Like Paul, God will use you then to expand the kingdom of God. You see, you're infectious. And when people look at you, they're going to go, how in the world can you have joy in the middle of that? It's God. I couldn't by myself. I just couldn't by myself. But it's God. Today's teaching by Pastor Mark was illuminating. He taught about the importance of acquiring and then maintaining the attitude that God is for us. And it doesn't matter what others think or do. We found out that when we have that kind of frame of mind that God is free to work in us, making us more like Jesus and through us, displaying God's grace to the world. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. 
Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. This wraps up Pastor Mark's teaching, Life Happens. We hope you were encouraged to view your life differently and in a more God-positive manner. God does indeed have great plans for our lives, and the next teaching will illustrate what can happen when we're trusting God. We will hear how Paul, despite being in prison, could rejoice and not fall into despair. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. in a hurting world a new hope he is given